Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we'll get to a Red Raider Hoops road trip to the city of Syrup as they prepare for Jackson State at a neutral site. We'll also get to Transfer Portal Pursuit by Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. We'll talk about who they've landed so far and what exciting prospects might be on the horizon. And also we'll get to the swirling tornado of NIL cash that is shaking it all up all along the way. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Thanks for joining us today on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team Every day with the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online's got you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Chris, we spent yesterday's show talking for the most part about departures. Some on the hardwood, some on the gridiron as well. But good grief, I was excited to get to today's show because we mentioned (laughs) arrivals are a part of the conversation as well. And this one for Texas Tech football uh, sounds like it could really be a boost, especially considering, say, the funeral director conversation we had yesterday. Tell us about what's going on in that Texas Tech secondary uh, with an addition. Yeah, you know, and in, in, in the last time Joey met with uh, the media, he kind of indicated, you know, hey, we, we expect to add three to four, you know, from the portal. But again, that's a that's a moving target uh, as it relates to how many would depart. And I think that's he's going off of information he had at the time that he said that. So we'll try to kind of. Uh, indicate maybe that though though that first initial wave and I think the first one is already in the boat and CJ Baskerville out of San Diego <laughs> State and and this is a player uh on the west coast I believe he's coming back to the state of Texas homesick uh, I think the San Diego State's just just uh, not thrilled about losing him but again you can't uh you can't force a kid to to stay there if he wants to to be closer to home and what he is so because I think that he he essentially kind of takes the scholarship spot, if you will, of Reggie Pearson. However, he's going to ultimately replace Muddy Waters as far as the way, you know, the position that he would play on the defense, whereas Tyler Owens will replace, you know, kind of move up in, gotcha. in, in the depth chart uh, to where Reggie Pearson was. So, yeah, so Baskerville, Muddy Waters, Reggie Pearson, and Tyler Owens are all kind of somehow connected here uh, as to enter, to leave. Uh, but that's kind of – that's the deal there. I mean, he's, he's 6'2", over 200 pounds. I think they love uh, his ability to, to to cover, but also really to play close to the line of scrimmage and kind of play that, I guess, what they would term star position, which is kind of that hybrid, uh, like Muddy played uh, so well this year. Uh, I'm sorry if I missed it, but did you touch on eligibility where he is on that timeline? I th- I think he's got I think he's got a couple of years left. I think that's right. Uh, so uh, again, so much of this is kind of gray area. So don't pin me down on that. But I know I believe he's got more than than one uh, year to play. 
Um, it, but you know, and, and whenever you're ready to, to kind of talk about the other ones, there's a couple other ones that I'm, I'm particularly excited about. Cause one, I think it, and, and, and two, we've talked about Rusty Stotts. Yes. Okay. The, the center from Western Kentucky, he hasn't, uh, indicated publicly that he's doing this. I think that I, I think, you know, people have asked about that. I, my, my guess is maybe after the bowl game is kind of what, because he's going to play in Western Kentucky's bowl game. And I think that after the bowl game, he may kind of say, Hey, here's what I'm doing. That's just purely speculation on my part, but I believe Texas tech plans on, on having him here uh, on, you know, basically as their starting center next year, but then we get to the fun part. Okay. Can I ask you one question about Baskerville? Yes. First stop Baskerville. First stop Baskerville. Shout out <laughs> to yeah. Mr. Pitt. Um, is he an addition that they would have always found a space for if he wanted to be here? Is he an addition that came about as a result of decisions becoming clearer in the secondary? How did a, se- uh, a secondary ad or him specifically kind of come to be? I think they were they were already looking at him as a replacement for Muddy. The, the, the problem gotcha. is, is that um, you, you're just not sure what room you're going to have. And, and, you know, cause the way scholarships are allocated, you know, is that typically most programs allocate so many to offense, so many to defense. And then it's just kind of, Hey man, here's your number. You got to make it work. And sometimes special teams gets a few and, and all that. And so I think you're, you were just looking for maybe some open spots on the defensive side to be able to utilize uh, toward that. And I think that's where that's where Baskerville comes in because you know Joey has said, "Hey, look, I've got I've got about four to five guys, man. This is all they do. They they've got somebody uh, that they we're ready to target at all times, at all positions, kind of thing, just in case." Uh, they monitor the portal all the time and all that. And I think this is somebody that very clearly they were interested in as soon as he entered the portal. And then it just so happens, okay, I guess we got a spot. But the, the process starts starts more uh, much earlier than that because you have to gauge interest. You have to kind of start doing your legwork and homework. But he will be uh, on a visit here in Lubbock this weekend, but he won't be the only one visiting. Hey, welcome back to the great state, my man, and it's going to be great to have you in red and black. And I identify with that good grief. Every time I'm out in San Diego, I'm just thinking, God, get me the hell back to Lubbock. So I think <laughs> yes. we can all understand yes. that, Chris. All right, let's get to some of these other guys that may be uh, out there on that boom, boom, transfer sonar radar that locked on Texas Tech keeps going. And uh, you mentioned some excitement, I guess, maybe for one in particular. This is a player that I I just personally I desperately want Texas Tech to land. One okay. because if you don't if you don't get him, you're probably going to play against him. And two, mm. he's really exactly what you need. And I, I don't see. And, and and here's the other thing: some of your staff has coached this player before, so they know exactly what they're getting. Whoa! What it's a the, setup, man. That's what I'm saying. And okay. so and I love I love his name too. But keep an eye uh, this weekend. I believe he'll be visiting this weekend uh, I- here in Lubbock on Dre McCray. He mm. played at Austin P. He's a, a receiver. I think he can play outside. He can play slot. Uh, he would arguably be one of your, if not the fastest player on your team. He's extremely productive, and I think he's had a lot of interest. He has already visited Cincinnati and West Virginia. 
I hear about North Carolina being heavily interested as well. But, you know, Josh Cochran and Kirk Bryant, who's an analyst on the offensive side, and Josh Cochran coaches the tight ends, they yeah, both baby. came from Austin P last year. So they know exactly what they're getting in Dre McRae from a personality, player, skill set, all that, you know. And so I, I think that is important to note. And, again, it, it the interest and offer and all that stuff is all out there on social media. It's been playing out over the last couple of weeks. But the fact that you're going to get him here on a visit – because this is one of these positions I wasn't sure if you were going to have room for uh, or could make it work because you're not necessarily losing any receivers. Uh, but I, I think he could come in here and even play outside receiver, potentially slot, although you're loaded there. You really need more help at, at the outside. But this is a special teams ace, like from a returner standpoint, outside receiver, just some juice, uh, which is what we've been desperately – uh, looking for and he he'd have as many i believe as three years to play now that would include a red shirt year which i doubt very seriously he would have a red shirt here but he's at least got uh two years to play so there's just nothing uh not to like about the possible addition of dre mccray that's the one that oh. personally that that's the one that the fans can sink their teeth into because he's a skill player and you can throw it to him, hand it to him. He can return him and all that stuff. And, again, we, we, we saw, we've talked about this. You just need somebody that can get behind the defense. This is my Kalen Geiger, okay? This is what I'm hopeful that he could bring to I you. I dig it. Yes. I dig it. Dre, hear me now. Come on down to the LBK <laughs> so it can be Dre Day every day. And we can bump that jam in the Jones. Yeah. You know, I mean, it all fits together. Cincinnati, their ox is in a ditch, my man. West Virginia, <laughs> Their mayor's in a bog. Lubbock, Texas. That's the destination, <laughs> I feel like. Dre McCray. All right, yeah, I'm already into that, so don't let me and you make You make great points about those two institutions and, and where their football programs are at because one just lost their coach. The other one is, is retained theirs, and it's a bit of a, a, a tenuous AD. situation. Yeah, that, that too. Um, and, you know, North Carolina obviously had a really, really good year, but – uh, if he wants to come here and play, because I believe Matt Brown's one foot in the grave, man. Come on, <laughs> he. I think Dre is originally from Tallahassee, so I I think the concern was, man, if Florida and Florida State potentially get involved, that would that would concern everybody that was recruiting him because mm -hmm. that's home for him uh, at this point right now. Though you would have to think, boy, Texas Tech has a lot to sell in that you have a need, you have relationships. Uh, you have an offense. I mean, you you, you know all, all those kinds of things. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Then the next one. This was a new name to me, but I believe. But first, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, your headquarters for live stats, live betting, scores, odds, lines, props, more than ever before. As we're getting into that home stretch of football season, NFL playoffs. Going to be just around the corner. Bowl season almost on deck. You want to get the bet online to check out all the angles, all the action, all the angles on the action. The easiest place to keep up with your team on game day and the events that matter to you. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about what the trends are looking like this week with Bet Online, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the 
biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Then the next one, this was a new name to me, but I believe that you're going to look to Louisiana possibly to fill up the spot that Philip Bleedy, uh, you know, vacates. And that's see. This is what's wild here is that when did we become aware of, of Philip Liddy? Uh, a day or I did so ago. The last forty-eight hours. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I believe you'll have a young man by the name of Quincy Ledet. If, if I'm saying that, maybe Ledet, Ledet, whatever from Louisiana, Monroe. I think it is. He's a Warhawk. Uh, I think he is going Hell to yeah. visit this weekend as well. He's six two, three hundred. Uh, you know, I don't know a lot about his relationship or, but, but it, it tech is very clearly recruiting Louisiana very heavily. And, and he's really, why do you say that? Well, just, I, I think there's some relationships there, but they, they just kind of continue to, to go to that state to try to go get big people and fast people. So what's the, what's the relationship tie in? Is it a coaching staff or something like that? That, or? that part? I'm not, I'm not super. I mean, I, I, th- I think you have a lot of these previous coaches, you know, like coach Fitch at, in Fort Worth. I mean, he, I, I think, you know, they, they dabbled in Louisiana a lot when sure. he was at TCU. Um, there, there's a, it's not that far of a reach, obviously everybody yeah. uh, recruits uh, the state of Louisiana because that's where, I mean, LSU typically in that state, they get the, the top 20 ish kids in that state, but everybody tries to go get the kids that LSU aren't going to get. And there's a lot of good ones, man, because oh, LSU yeah. can only take so many. And, you know, yeah, so yeah. you saying yeah. everybody recruits the state of Louisiana and those that don't want to. So, <laughs> yeah, but keep talent, in mind. Though. Miles Cole, you know, comes from the state of Louisiana last year. He was a portal guy for you. I think that's been a really good uh, addition, and I think you expected him to take a next step uh, next year. But those are some of the, the the possibilities from a visit standpoint from the portal that would be here this weekend. And see, and, and that kind of goes in line with, hey, man, we expect to take about three to four, maybe five. You know, well, I mean, if you take Stotts, if you take McCray, if you take uh, Baskerville, if you take Ledette, I mean, you're kind of you're, – you're hitting around that number right there. Not that you were going to go four for four, but that that's kind of – you can kind of see the way this is working, like one out, one in. And Joey, that was a Joey's quote, uh, you know, when he was talking to the media, just kind of how, how this thing would work. So, anyway, um, that's uh, – do, do you think that uh, so far the pitch has gone well? Have have there been swings and misses that you know of with names that most fans haven't heard of? Or how do you think it's actually transpired with targets and then who they really feel good about maybe landing? I, I, th- I think that a lot of the legwork ahead of time, the way that they're trying to do it based on the way Joey has explained it, I think you eliminate some of that. Gotcha. by having a prior relationship or knowing them and all those kinds of things, because there's already, before you really get hot and heavy, there's kind of mutual interest. And I, I, I think that too, you kind of have to know if you're really going to have a spot or not before you really kind of go all in, which is what a kid's going to want to know. Hey man, you got room for me, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and you got to work through NIL, you got to work through, you know, whatever else. But I, I think you eliminate a lot of that based on the way they have chosen to go about it. So in other words, do I see them, 
just swinging wildly at, at any safety out there or any wide out or no, I, I see them kind of honing in on what they prefer with somebody that they know. And so you, you eliminate a lot of the, 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 the time that can be wasted on just, you know, swinging wildly from a recruiting standpoint, because you, you, you do a lot of homework and legwork ahead of time. Uh, I know that Joey Moe creates his own <laughs> momentum wherever he goes, but I just kind of wonder, I'm curious to, kind of look ahead to the off-season trail and what type of momentum might be there uh, for, for him to really utilize as it relates to the season that he's had. And, of course, you can really build on that uh, if you're able to, to get a bowl win there oh, in yeah. Houston against the Rebels. Uh, Chris, you, you bring up NIL, and I thought it was really interesting to hear from a college basketball analyst on Twitter this week, albeit college basketball, Fran Fraschilla, but otherwise I think can speak to anybody involved in college sports right now. Uh, about as he viewed it there in the tweet, you know, some things cracking, some promises not being kept, you know, which is no surprise, by the way. I can't imagine anybody would inflate something in sales. That's never happened before in the history of salesmen and saleswomen. Um, but I really thought it was interesting to, to see that from Priscilla, a guy's perspective uh, I respect. And I still feel very good about Texas Tech's positions with some of what little I know about the collective efforts uh, locally or elsewhere all across Texas. And really they are all across Texas and well beyond that. Also, if you just want to talk about those who are really contributing, but, uh, I thought that was interesting. And I, I'm not so sure that maybe, uh, not only in football circumstances, but basketball circumstances as well, things may begin to transpire that you couldn't really predict if that makes sense. We knew there would be consequences that you couldn't foresee. And I don't mean that in a negative light necessarily, but just effects that you couldn't foresee. And, it's this time of year, oh, yeah. as you pointed to yesterday, this is the sweet spot for where some of this stuff bubbles up and we're like, oh, maybe we don't like that so much or, or maybe we do like that. Yeah, look, I, I think that you're, you're naive if you don't think that NIL and, and, and the way that certain players or even teams or programs, even different programs on the same campus, you know, there's going to be some dynamics there that are, that are going to make people uncomfortable or that aren't going to go – there's going to be some unintended consequences. Uh, I, I think the Matador Club has tried to do it as good as they could by just, hey, this is what we're doing across the board. I think Level 13's done a done a ton as it relates to men's basketball here, and I believe you know, can't remember who was largely responsible. I think Level 13 and Matador Club maybe maybe both responsible for the Lady Raider, uh, you know, part. There's going to be, you know, typically what you're seeing there is when there's some of this going on, you know, there's not a lot of details discussed. That's on purpose. You know, that is on purpose right. in that, you, you you know, confidentiality. You don't want jealousy within locker rooms. You don't want, you know, whatever it may be. And that that's tricky because, well, they're worth this and I'm worth that. Like I, I disagree with that. You know, there's, there's all, there's always going to be the, the, the possibility of those kinds of, of dynamics. And then you have our people's playing time tied to their NIL deal. Uh, you know, all that. I mean, it's just, it, it, again, it, people could have seen all this coming. I, I think uh, most coaches are trying to deal with it the best they can. I, uh, I had somebody tell me, man, you know, you can't stop the waves in the ocean, but you can learn how to surf. Okay. And so, <laughs> right. And so, I mean, so coaches are having to navigate this brand new world. They're learning how to learn how to surf, to use the analogy, or build a surfboard or be a, a surfer instructor, whatever it may be. Yeah. But, but you, you have to learn how to navigate, not just coaching your team, 
but dealing with all of these kinds of things and possibilities uh, as well. And it's tricky. There are landmines all over the place and there's other oh, yeah. people involved and, and all those things, but you just try to do the best you can. And just because he was, I think, the most recent coach we mentioned on this program, the thought of Coach Fitch on that surfboard, that's got to be a sturdy <laughs> board. That's got to be a sturdy board, my man. Um, I'm curious, awesome, as, we, man. Yeah. as we wrap up this portion of the conversation, there, there's got to be, going back to, to what was the story yesterday, uh, that of Fardaz AMAC entering the transfer portal, that there's got to be NIL impact here in some way, either consequence on the other side of his decision, obviously you would think, or, you know, contributing to the decision. I know we can only speculate, uh, but Chris, I don't think, I don't think I'm sloughing it off as a non-factor by any stretch. How do you approach that angle on now decisions like that? I, I don't know ultimately why he left here. I, I think, you know, you you hear rumors about University of Washington uh, being where he will uh, be next. I think that he clearly knew where he was going to go when he left here. It's it's uh, hmm. but I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, very clearly, everybody else did not, um, you know, around the program. It doesn't appear. I don't I don't know. Maybe they did. Uh, just based on it just seemed like kind of a surprise to everybody. Uh, but um, NILs factoring in all of this at some level, I guess, I mean, it almost has to be uh, that that's the sport. And, and just so we're clear here, yes, football is heavily involved in NIL stuff, but m men's basketball is the sport when it comes to NIL activity. That's where, really? and it was from the jump just because there's fewer players they are the ones you meet. You go back to name, image, and likeness. Those are the players that everybody can recognize and seize, and they play more games. That the, you you get a sense for their personality. Football players wear a helmet, and you don't get to see them out and about. Uh, you don't, uh, you know, you don't see them as much. You may just yeah, see a jersey absolutely. number, and a, you know, and all those kinds of things. <clears throat> and 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 men's basketball. With that, you get the right addition to your team it totally changes you from outhouse to penthouse, just like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's where a lot of money is being spent. Uh, I think uh, on that particular sport way more than everybody else. And yes, football Interesting. is involved, but men's basketball really is the, it's where the NIL money or NIL dollars are, are you know, heavily slanted toward uh, for those reasons, in my opinion, that I just laid out. That, that, that's really interesting. I hadn't considered that. I almost thought, like you were just alluding to there, that because football is is the bigger spectacle uh, nationally, that, that it would make sense that maybe it's there, but probably a little wilder, just like it always is or always yeah. has been on the basketball front. You think about shoe handlers and AAU and everything that, that goes on there that's not yep. replicated elsewhere. Yeah, and, and, and think about it. Even if I give you the best quarterback in the country right now, you go, you go. If if I give you, you know, Arch Manning for example, he he's the going to go to UT, and I guess there's some NIL money there. If I if I tell you he can join a, a football team, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything for you if you don't have a line that can protect him, if he can't throw it to somebody, and if you can stop somebody. I mean, there's just a lot more components that come with a football program that you that you need to where you can't just throw money at one or two guys. Whereas basketball, you get the right, you know, small forward or the right point guard or the right post player, depending on what you have around them. Again, you can you can flip it quick, and that's that's part of it. 
thankful that you've had the type of uh, ambitious and uh, what has seemed like um, early organized NIL effort that Texas Tech uh, has had so far. I I know that some things will change. People will probably become disenchanted with it, and uh, I don't blame you um, if you do or if you don't, whatever. But, man, it's going to be speak of a spectacle. It's going to be quite a show seeing how some of this plays out all across the college sports landscape. Uh, We will stick with what we just mentioned there a moment ago. Hoops coming up on the other side. Red Raiders are back on the floor from H-Town as we're warming up that third coast crowd. Red and black fever setting in early uh, down south uh, this month. Chris, is we got to get set for Texas Bowl here a little while. So I think this is kind of a primer, a little tune-up dress rehearsal for Texas Tech fans to while out. Wait, do I have that wrong or is that in Fort Worth? No, it's in Houston. Okay. Jackson State yeah. is fitting the description <laughs> of the next yes. potential yes. victim. And we're getting to that coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today our show brought to you by Sober Driving. You know, what are you going to get into coming up this holiday season? Hanging out with friends or family, kicking back a few. A few becomes too many, at least to drive. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you're thinking of calling for a ride, but you're like, Nah, not going through it. I live nearby anyway. You can make it home. No big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. I'm here to say that the final option there, that is the worst uh, that could happen, I think, just to answer that question. Everybody knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic, often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you're never missing an episode. Heading on into the weekend with Red Raider Hoops on tap. And uh, an interesting scenario, Chris, is you've got a, a neutral site matchup with Jackson State uh, coming at you from the third coast. And uh, curious to see what we get from the Red Raiders as it feels like, for whatever variety of reasons, uh, you've been kind of muddling along here recently with some tight ones against lesser competition. And you mentioned it before the last game, man. You'd just like to have a feel-good day here with maybe even a few style points included in a win here or there. Yeah, you know, to me, this is a really tricky game for Texas Tech uh, because Jackson State is 1-9. and However, when you when you when you look at this is a neutral site game, it's going to be played at a smaller venue, if you will, and and yet they've played a murderous schedule. I mean, you've played at Abilene Christian, at Tulsa, Arkansas, Little Rock, Michigan, Indiana, TCU, at Mississippi State, but a lot of the so that they haven't played a home game yet. Okay, they've only played one other neutral site game. And a lot of these games at these really good, you know, I mean, they beat SMU. That's the one win. They they went to SMU and, and beat beat them in Dallas. 
but only the game at Indiana did they get run out of the gym. I mean, they they lose to Abilene Christian by nine, Tulsa by six, Little Rock by three, at Michigan by ten, at TCU by thirteen, and at Mississippi State by ten. So, you know, it's just a bit tricky. And and I mean, if if Bacho plays, great. But if but if he does play, how healthy is he? What if he doesn't play? Okay, so there's there's that component uh, as well, but. It's a team that's coached by former NBA champion Mo Williams. Uh, you know he's the he was named the, the head coach this past March. Uh, I think he won a title with the Cavaliers uh, yeah. back when LeBron was there and all those. He's he's bounced around the NBA all over the place, but uh, he's been in college coaching for the last three to four years, I guess. But he's the head coach, and you know, look, they turn it over a bunch. Uh, they allow teams to make about ten threes a game. And and they don't get to the free throw line very much. So there's plenty to look at the stat sheet and go, man, you can. These guys are awful. But again, as I look at no home games, they, they've gone to play in a bunch of tough places and they've hung. So this is just a this is a bit of a tricky one, and it's hard to like get your team up and like excited about playing a team that's one and nine. So this is just a, a tricky yeah. game for you, and it's it's one of those new Casey that's not gonna. If you win it, it's not going to help you uh, much at all. In fact, even based on their net ranking, they're not near the bottom. It's only going to hurt you from a a numbers standpoint. So anyway, this is just kind of a, a tricky little road trip for the Red Raiders. In a high school gym? It's at a field house uh, that I think Houston ISD uses. I believe this is part of like a triple header. It's like an HBCU classic. Okay. I don't. There's two other games. I think the Red Raiders play maybe the the middle game. Uh, I, I can't remember if Houston and Southern. Uh, I can't remember if uh, there, there's some other uh, you know local uh, flavor. I think uh, from the Houston area in, involved with it. But yeah, that's it's just kind of a HBCU classic. I guess I don't know if I'm phrasing that correctly. But yeah, it'll be played at. Uh, at one of the gyms that the Houston ISD okay. uses. So, and again, that part makes it tricky as well to me, you know? So anyway, this will just be kind of an interesting, like I said, road trip for Texas tech. Yeah. Unique atmosphere uh, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, and I, I don't want to make too much out of it in the sense that the tech is like down as a team or something. I, I don't really know. I mean, you, you've survived these games and they're only going to count as wins at the end of the year. Uh, some are wondering, are these omens for, you know, real trouble to come because obviously the Big 12 is just around the corner, and, and only time is going to tell, I guess, unless you actually do take an L somewhere and make news for the wrong reasons. But um, I'm wondering if there is someone on the team, Chris, that uh, you look to and you think this is the guy to to rally them anytime they're down, whether now or, or in the future. Um, I, I think I would want to say Kevin O'Banner, but I also wonder, and it's just my observation as a fan from the stands, is he vocal like that as a leader? How does he approach that aspect? And is there somebody else that, that I should be pointing to that to this point in the season, you know, kind of commands that sort of attention? You know, because I think Kevin, as good as he is, he's typically been a really good um, – oh, this, this is the not the right term, but I, I can't think of a better one. He's always been like the be, a really good complimentary player. Like sidekick is not fair – but he's always, you know, when he was at Oral Roberts, the you know nation's leading scorer was there. You know, even last year at Texas Tech, Bryson Williams is next to him, and I think he really adds a great compliment. He doesn't necessarily have that next to him this year, 
and he's kind of you, you you need him to produce every night and uh he's he, he his style is not one that you just throw it to and say hey man give me a bucket dude you know figure it out that's not really who he is or his, his style of play it's really just going to have to come you know i from your trio of guards, in my opinion. I mean, it's a guards game, bottom line. I think that you, you'll go as Harmon, Pop, and, and Tyson go. Um, well, and uh, I even wonder about Harmon and Isaacs, Chris, um, kind of from an energy or an intangible standpoint. I'm talking even on the bus to the gym. I mean, who who is that kind of guy uh, that gets that that going? <laughs> yeah, uh, th- th- this th- this team's th- that that is an interesting question because this team doesn't necessarily have that vocal. I mean that that has to be Harmon on it, I guess. I mean that, that's a really uh, and it's wild to think how quickly. I, I agree. That's who I was yeah, coming up he's, with because he's he's the only one that I think has been through it, and I think that he's comfortable. Uh, part of that gotcha. comes with the position that he plays, but he's probably the only one comfortable. You know, I, I don't, I don't, wouldn't, wouldn't doubt that Pop would would be able to be outspoken. But again, it's hard to do that when you're a freshman. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not necessarily in Kevin O'Banner's personality as we see him on the court to to be outspoken or to to yeah. correct or to motivate or whatever. Uh, he he shows emotion at times, but uh, right. but that that is that's a valid question, and and you know, and because last year. You you had TJ, you you I think Adonis had, you know, but there wasn't, but Bryson was that guy last year. And he didn't say a whole lot. However, when he did, everybody listened. And he was very professional with how he went about it and extremely mature. And he was also arguably your best player. And he w- he was also at the gym the first. He was at the gym the last. He didn't say a whole lot, like I said, but when he did, it's like, okay, everybody's going to listen to this cat because he's living it. He is about it. He's producing. And it didn't get that way until, you know, January-ish. And that's why patience is a virtue. So we'll all do our best to try and uh, we'll abide, abide by that virtue and, and be patient, see how things play out beginning uh, with this trip to Houston to take on Jackson State. And, of course, as we mentioned not too far away from Big 12 play as you get things started in Fort Worth. All right, hope you all have a great weekend and appreciate you joining us all week long on Locked On Texas Tech, making it your first listen each weekday on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Hope you'll make Locked On Sports today your second listen, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts. There's a theme there on the Locked On Podcast Network. Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. Take a load off this weekend while outside of the trip to Houston. I hope you get some rest. Keep hope alive, man, and subscribe, people. We could use it, man. Uh, Have a good weekend. There we go on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you on the other side on Locked On Texas Tech.